at SFM Radio and at Pimelo Mutile on Twitter. So, as you know, being a Tuesday, we look into our history, we look into our indigenous knowledge systems, we look into who we are. And today we chose to look at the life of Krotoa. You may have heard the name because there's been a play, there's been a film, which was really, really contested there for a long time. So we are going to go into the life of Krotoa. And, and I just want you to bear something in mind. Um, a couple of days ago, we had a conversation around the people that enabled settlers, the people that made it possible for settlers and those who others will call explorers and so on to do what they do, right? And sometimes we know very little of these people. But one of the things that I want you to bear in mind is that Krotoa, for many historians, came into life because of the diaries that were kept by Jan van Riebeck. We have to put that in context. And a lot of work has had to go into digging up this formidable woman and who was she and and her actual identity and so on. So this is part of what we do, trying to piece more and more elements together so that she isn't just that girl, right, um, in the way in which she was in the diaries that were kept by Anne van Riebeck. What other depth was there to Krotoa? I want you to take a listen to this. Her importance, if one looks at Jan van Riebeck's journals, um, is stressed by the fact she appears over 200 times in that journal. All we know about the indigenous people of that time was through her eyes and van Riebeck's pen. In a sense, van Riebeck was a scribe uh, to this young girl. I'm related to Kutua, um as a descendant of, um, I think her second child was Peter, Peter Nala. And she, she went to live in Mauritius and married uh, Daniel Zyman or Daniel Simon. I'm related to Krotoa. Uh, she is my uh, ninth great-grandmother. I have um, five uh, Khoi ancestors, I have 26 slave ancestors, and then a whole array of European ancestors along with that. When uh, Krotoa was employed by Jan van Riebeek um, and his wife, she firstly was defined simply as a servant. And um, so her talents that Van Riebeek, in a sense, harvested was her lingualism. History tends to project her um, as this person who is almost like a collaborator. But you've got to look at the fine print of the, the commander's journal. And in that fine print, he uses a peculiar phrase, which I had to go and research in itself. He says, Krotoa is, is drawing the longbow uh, again. He meant exaggeration. He meant telling them what they, what she thought they wanted to hear. It, it has all of those connotations to it, which suggests that she played a two-way game. Being in the role of the interpreter, you always have to give the impression that you are loyal to all the sides. You have to adapt and conform. And you know, she was very astute. She had, um, as I said, she had some agency, and that's in a sense more important just than saying. You know, she was she was the mother. Um, so genetically, she's important for us. But I think more in in terms of her her attitude and her fight and her uh, you know her strength, um, which I th- as I said, I think it was very difficult for her. And we can keep some of that spirit alive and not let that aspect of her personality uh, die out. 
My guest is uh, Calvin Gilfellin, who is a CEO of a Castle of Good Hope, to help us reflect on this really, really interesting and incredible woman, Krotoa, who tells so many stories of our history. Thank you so much, Kelvin, for making the time to talk to us. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Pimelo, and good afternoon to your listeners. And thank you for that wonderful, wonderful context. Uh, gives me goosebumps mm-hmm. how Patrick and your other guests were just reflecting mm-hmm. on what I would call the mother of our nations in the fight against colonialism, mm-hmm. like Winnie Mandela was the mother of our nation against uh, apartheid. Uh, I think those would, would for me, the two, my two heroines mm-hmm. coming from that particular background, uh, being myself a social, an activist, against apartheid colonialism. So thank you so much for the opportunity to reflect on the lives and trials and tribulations of this wonderful woman. Mm. You know, Calvin, why it's important to keep bringing Kratoa back is that we have to keep redefining her, right? As we go along, we have to keep seeing her differently every time because... You know, there's that long bow that they were talking about, uh, Karine was yes. talking about now, where um, it is very clear that at some point, Kratoa became an irritation, an end irritation to Jan van Riebeck and, and his, his allies. And, and in fact, to some extent, we also know that an irritation to people back at home. And it is that very agency that sets her apart, isn't it? That there was a denial by many to say, well, here's a woman who can think for herself, who can make decisions for herself, who can actually strategize and chart specific ways without anybody telling her what to do. Yes, I think I think the agency is very important. Mm. Uh, if you look at the uh, VOC, you know, mercantile capitalism, but also colonialism mm. and, and how see as a, I mean, during those days, her name, Kretua, literally means a minor girl. It means, it means small. It means somebody who's been given over mm. to, uh, you know, to somebody you look after. And that she could outgrow out of that, uh, outgrow that and become an interpreter, become mm. a, a, you know, a, an intermediary between two warring factions mm. is quite remarkable. Mm. But I want to go a little bit back. Mm. If, if we say that all of humanity, all of civilization started in Africa, mm-hmm. and that Africa has been the cradle of humankind, then Kretua, as for me, represents that, uh, that matriarchal society mm. that was invaded by a European patriarchal society. Mm. So Kretua was not a South African heroine. She's a heroine then for the entire humanity mm. and for entire womanhood. And for me, that's so much powerful because it, it includes you, it includes me, mm. it includes all of women and of human beings in the world. So that, that agency against colonialism is important, but also agency... Uh, against that invasive, uh, you know, paternalistic system that was brought in that hard military, even if whether they came with a Bible in the left hand, they also had a, a gun in the right hand. For me, Kratova fought and also stood against that. And that, that's so powerful for me. Can we talk a little bit about, you know, the, the term giving and whether it was giving or whether it was fought? Because, again, a lot of what we see in history is being told to us by a specific um, lens. You know, this was from the diaries of those who arrived here. So unfortunately, we, we, we're not getting a lot of feedback from the other side. So do you think she was just handed over by her uncle? Do you think there was a tussle? How do you think it all happened? 
You see, that's the problem with historiography because it's written by men and it's written in a particular way. It's yeah. a pity that there's no diary of Kritua, that Kritua mm. doesn't have a diary itself. Mm. We know it's there. It's, it's, it's in, it's, I, I breathe it around me. I, I, it's a pity I can't sketch my office uh, looking over the front courtyard of the castle. Kritua body, his body is probably brought in here 360 mm. years ago, buried under the church. Mm. But I give you some, some, some ideas. So the mm. spirit of Kritua is around around me. Mm. So so I actually feel that by speaking to you as a woman, I, I also violate the spirit of Kritua mm. because actually a woman should speak about uh, about her. Mm. So so I feel that every time a historian, especially if it's a male historian, mm. speak about her, we violate her. Mm. But but nevertheless, I'll accept that. I accept that you. Uh, so 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 for me. You know, they say Kritua was, uh, you know, handed over, mm-hmm. the willingly moved in there. I think for me that's utterly rubbish. There's mm-hmm. no way that, 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 that the European culture, which is very, uh, you know, monetary based, it's very uh, transactional based, it's based on hard bartering and bargaining, would take, uh, would just, would, she would just relinquish her freedom. I think it was a transaction. I think she was forced to work into uh, in the Van Riebeek household because mm-hmm. she added particular value to the household. Mm-hmm. She added, uh, you know, the translation skills because she could speak speak Portuguese, she could speak Dutch, she was learning very fast. So she was a, a commodity mm-hmm. in the household. I, I don't even want to delve into the more incestuous, in the mm-hmm. more, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. erotic, yep. the sensual part of that. But that's also a part that comes to mind when I speak about well, Kelvin, you wouldn't be out of line because in the the writings themselves, he particularly makes that point that, you know, a child as she is, she's actually quite something to look at. She's quite attractive. So that's not something that you're invoking yourself. It's what he, he wrote down. Yes, yes. And and, and, and as Patrick Talik uh, Marek, one of my colleagues, say, there's a lot that you can write between the lines. Mm. People often say, when you read between the lines and write between the lines, you know, no, no, go to the archives, go to this, go and where's your proof, where's this, where's that. But we are not stupid. I mean, people are not stupid. You, you, you can, you can, you can read the metaphors that's been used, the, mm. the type of language being used. There, mm. there has been some affinity, yeah. uh, and, and it could be more than simply uh, the affinity between a slave girl or yep. somebody that works for you mm-hmm. and somebody that exudes a, a, a type of womanhood sensitivity that's not that's not there for the taking and i think certainly it was it, it, it was there i mean we, we can't pinpoint it but it certainly is there if you read between the lines and you also know that van Ribbit kept two diaries mm-hmm. a personal diary mm-hmm. and an official diary so mm-hmm. so i think you when you want to explore that element further and some some female researchers have explored that and in fact one of my colleagues Yvette Abrams said there is proof if you look at how Van Riebeek writes about Kritua mm. that she's portraying a rape victim yeah. and, and I think that is there for, for, you know for us all to see. Let, let's talk about uh, a couple of things. Uh, one of the things that I want us to talk about and, and some scholars have, have been having this conversation around so what if she wasn't the person she became? Without that agency, without the skills, would Van Rubeck have been able to establish the company? Because we had a conversation with somebody last week who was saying they were going into detail of, of people who aided 
adventurers, settlers, whatever you want to call them, and how without those local people, they just would never have been able to do what they did. And in this case, to, to what extent does Van Riebeck owe his entire company to her? And beyond that, why he settled? Would he have been able to settle without Kratoa? Kratoa, perhaps as a symbol, not. But I wouldn't say as individual, because here's this, there's an uncle, a rich uncle, Odisua. Mm-hmm. There's uh, another uncle in, in her clan, uh, Harry or Auchamau. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's a collective. Mm. It's been very difficult for the Dutch to settle here, because I, I'll tell you why. Not, you know, a hundred years before that, in 15, you know, in 1510, mm. the Portuguese tried to settle at the Cape. Mm. And they, they in, in a fight not far from where I'm sitting with the, with the local Khoi people, they were chased away. And that's why I'm not speaking, I speak Afrikaans today and, 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 not, and not Portuguese. It's because mm-hmm. of that scammy. So, so I would say there is a huge element of truth in there. Mm-hmm. That if it wasn't for the locals, the indigenes, you know, during Krutuba's time, before Krutuba's time, and after the Krutuba time, there would never have been this state settlement, Cape of Good Old settlement in the form that it, 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 it evolved. Because there was a lot of mixing, a lot of exchange of culture, mm. exchange of more than culture. That's why we have mixed people mm. in, this, in this, this area. So I think, yes, uh, as, as a mother, again, I've started with yes. her as the mother of the, the nation fighting armed colonial conquest. Symbolically, she would have aided the colonial settlement and then the present-day South African settlement a lot uh, through uh, interpretation skills, through uh, negotiation skills, through uh, skills as a mother, through uh, skills as a person. I, 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 would, I, would, I would support partially that, that, that theory indeed. Kelvin Gilfinnan is the CEO of Castle of Good Hope. We continue our conversation with him. You can be a part of this conversation as well. We are looking into the life of Kratoa and what she meant to our history, what she meant to the indigenous people of of, of the Cape and how her history forms part of our bigger history. 011-714-2006. WhatsApp number is 0614-104-107. Life Happens with Pina. Hi, um, Kratoa. Um, just some interesting points. Um, I am just wondering about the Danish connection to South Africa. We always talk about, you know, the British uh, ancestry and the Dutch ancestry, but do people know that Kratoa was actually married to a Danish man and some of their descendants still survive today in South Africa? And secondly, speaking about descendancy and ancestry, um, it's probably not known that the Khoisan people are quite inbred into the South African population, like in the Kosa people as well, besides the coloured people, and in many white people as well, like F.W. de Klerk, for example. So just some interesting points. Thanks, Mark. Okay, Mark. So, yes, in fact, the, the young lady whose recording we played earlier on is exactly the, well, a descendant of, of that Danish man. Um, and so, yes, we are absolutely aware of that. But thank you for that. It's really interesting points that you're bringing in. Uh, Calvin Gilfillan, who is the CEO of the Castle of Good Hope, is joining us for this really interesting conversation. Calvin, maybe you want to add some points to um, uh, Mark's uh, um, remarks there. No, don't be mellow. Mark is 100%. Uh, uh, 
It was husband's name, the Dutch, uh, sorry, the Danish husband was actually Peter mm. Havegaard. Yes. Havegaard, however you spell it. Yes. And you know, the Dutch is very, very, very excellent in giving you names. Mm. They look at you and they give you... They give you a name. So they just <laughs> called him Peter van Meerhoff. Like they called Krutua Eva because when they came here, they saw paradise. They saw Eve. fat cattle, beautiful women, uh. Uh, you know, uh, able men, uh, the, the, the vegetation in the Cape. And they saw this is paradise, so they called it Eva out of the Bible. Uh, in fact, uh, Krutua was not a real name, and Eva yes. was not a real name. Yes. Till, to this, till this day, if we want to reinstate Kratua, mm. we need to find out what her real coin name was. Mm. She, she's, she's a woman, she died a woman without her real name. Because, um, Calvin, isn't that the name that we, we know of that is that was given to her bef- just before Kratua and Efa was also not her name? So the one that the uncle used was not, it was also not her real name. Yes, yes. I mean, so, so, so she is, and in a sense, it's very tragic that she is. Like a ping pong ball, mm. you know, from birth, not a real name. Mm. Then she's not Dutch, she's not Koi. Then and, and in the Koi tribe, she is not, uh, you know, Koring Haikwana, she's not this. So, in a sense, a very, very tragic. And, and, and is that not what women during all the ages, through all the ages, went through? And mm. that's why we have 16 days of activism against, you know, uh, the abuse of women and, 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 and children. And I, and, I, and I think because it's this patriarchy that's been enforced on us. You know, after after the Battle of Carthage in North Africa, when 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 the Africans were defeated by the by the Romans and the Greeks, that we had this shift into a more harder patriarchy, and 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 and, and we need to use the name, the symbol of Kratua, and 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 all our women who fought so gallantly against apartheid colonialism who fight against all oppression today, and 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 and, and get the world out of this. Yeah. You know, wrapped that we are in. Let, let's talk about a really interesting connection she has with 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 uh, Robben Island, and it's interesting because yes. she went to Robben Island twice. The one time was, I suppose, comfortable, and the other, she was a prisoner. Yes, yes, that's that's. She, she married Peter van Mero, Havegaard, yep. uh, and he was the superintendent at the castle and if you go into the history books he was supposed to kill all the spiders and the snakes mm. at the island <laughs> to make it more habitable mm. to the Dutch people and to put some sheep and whatever there. So she went there for the first period just after marriage in 16, uh, uh, you know, 1664. She went there for a brief period, voluntarily in love, you know. Was uh, a madam, so to pregnant, speak. Fell pregnant and whatever. And then her husband died, uh, you know, on, 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 um, what is Madagascar? Mm-hmm. He was murdered. Mm-hmm. And, and then soon, and obviously she was lost. She, she, three kids, um, and, and, uh, you know, this, this, um, halfway station where people drink and people, uh, have jollification and she fell into that. And she became a thorn in the flesh of the colonial powers of the views, of the views. VOC. She was t- temporarily, temporarily detained at, uh, at, at the fort, not at the castle that I'm sitting, mm-hmm. and then banished to Robben Island, uh, where she, in fact, further fell into into despair. Because if you lose your husband, mm. you have already lost your your family because the family rejected you when you married this mm. this white man. Then obviously she was in this social, you know, malaise where she where she couldn't find herself mm. and. 
And, and, and unfortunately, the historians remind us of that terrible period of her life. And not of all the good work that she was also done when she was alive. Yeah, yeah. I, I just also want to point out there, Kelvin, that it was for me quite interesting that at some point Van Riebeck talks about how devoted she was to the Bible and God and so on. And in fact, the, the very people who are responsible for, being, for her being banished to Robben Island was the church. And that's the problem. And, and, and so, so in a sense, there was a lot of uh, double speak. Mm. At the one end, you, there's no apartheid, there's operation. We need to look up the koi. We, you know, we need to baptize them as far as we can. We need to, uh, you know, integrate them in European society. But as soon as the church and the colonial powers confronted, you know, person to person, man to man, woman to woman, then they fall into that old trap that these people are subhuman. Subhuman. Uh, they, you know, they are. They know the old ways. Didn't they say like a dog in the diary, like a dog she yes, returns to a vomit? Yes, they and, said and she returns to her vomit. They write, write about her because she doesn't meet their, you know, criteria of civilization. Where is the Koyan, the Sun people, the first people of this world, had much more civilized ways ways of living that was not that was i think misunderstood by the dutch there was also a lot of misunderstanding what is what is the standard of civilization and a lot of those misunderstanding if it's not baptized if you're not in the church if you don't if you don't drink on a sunday then suddenly you you're the superhuman being while life advocate before the colonialists were, were peaceful and tot- a totally different kind of civilization Kevin, hmm. let's just take a quick voice note um and let's listen in Pumelo, what a nice show. It's Chico here. I just want to say to everyone that thinks we are not one, we are one. And then these stories are telling us that all of us, regardless of what language you speak, we are one people. Africa is for Africans. We love you, Sis Pumelo. Have a nice show there. Thank you. Bye-bye. We're listening to you. Thank you very much uh, for that voice note there. So, um, you were still wrapping up, um, you know, what, what her time in Robben Island was like. And, and she died young, Kelvin. She died quite young. Wasn't it 32? I yeah. think uh, like, 32. Like 32, yeah. 32. I mean, if, if, I mean, if, if somebody dies, they're uh. 32. I mean, it's still youth. Mm. 35 is the cutoff date for youth. It's a, it's a young person who died. And, and to have, to have captured yeah. in, 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 in her, Life on Earth, you know, from 11, 12 years in the Van Riebeek household and married soon five years after that, uh, buried, uh, you know, uh, um, born, she, she bred children and then buried most of them. The only, only three children in the history book survived. She, she, she felt pregnant many times, but only three of those children really survived. And, and in fact, what the man is saying is so too, that you, I, many of us, uh, somehow can be traced back to 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 Kretuba. If you look at if you look at Mandela, for instance, the, the, the features of Mandela, and those are koi, those are koi and sun features. So so the, the last clip is very true that we all are the same, and and you, we wouldn't understand the damage and the division that uh, colonialism, and apartheid, and all forms of oppression did to the psyche of the people, not mm-hmm. only physically separated us. But the psyche of the people is, is, has also been damaged because yeah. of that philosophy that we, we are different and not the same. You put it so aptly when you say um, as a symbol, 
there's so much she represents um and when you think about this is you know somebody who who really had no identity as as you said that we we don't know her real name she was somebody who was passed around she was somebody yeah. whose children were taken away from her she was someone who was called names by everybody around her she was societyless she was communityless and eventually died a sad sad woman someone who died of a broken heart yes Thank you so and, and much. And that's the sad part, and that's my connection to Kritowa and the car. So I, I haven't studied my my genealogy, so but I'm, I'm I argue that I probably related to her. Mm. But I'm looking, I'm turning my back now again to the to the to the courtyard. Mm. I imagine 360 whatever years ago, a body on the on the back of a you know mm. after it's been transported from from mm. the island uh, onto the harbour here just to around me. Are. Our mm. body has been. Uh, you know, been brought into the Fantastical uh, gates of the castle over the lawn mm-hmm. and how it's been buried under the castle here. Calvin, um, I believe and, and how many people would have been there. It's very yeah. sad. It yeah. is very sad. I believe I, I believe it's karma now, but there was a time when people would say you could feel her spirit and you could feel the unsettledness of the spirit. I know that she's been since moved, but what a history we have. Thank you so much for making the time to talk to us. Thank you. Thank you, Pamela. Thank it was you. so wonderful speaking to you. Thank, Thank you. you. And enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Kelvin Gilfillan, who is the CEO of Castle of Good Hope, and that will be available as a podcast. Just gone 2.30. Let's go to Uzila Saku for the latest in headlines.